Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And, and we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate a bit about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Today's episode is just a reading update on what we've read lately. Um, it's not it's not for like a month or it's a non-specific amount of time because we kind of just do these whenever we have read too much and need to uh, do an update so they don't get too yeah. long. We don't do this like this isn't necessarily May or April. We don't know. <laughs> the last few May. months we've not been procrastinating. I know we've not been on brand. We've both been actually reading, although I slowed down a bit this month. Yeah, uh, this month was. Oh, just a lot of it, life. I was not following the high of April, which was like mm. crazy amounts of books, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's do this. You're just gonna go straight into it. Yeah, go on. Be focused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have had, I think, quite fantasy heavy this mm. month. I'm a bit mixed bit genres mixture. for once. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Because you're usually the, basic the fancy bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and also we were just trying to work out where we got up to last time. I've no clue. So if I repeat myself, apologies, but thanks for being a real one. <laughs> no, no, I repeat <laughs> myself. Yeah. yeah um, or I might have missed some out. Who knows? Follow me on Storygraph. <laughs> I've discovered, and I think you feel this too, is I don't remember anything we say on this. And every time I listen back, it's like a surprise. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, when we listen back and, like, approve it after editing, I'm like, huh, well, we did Or, like, when, when our editor tells me things I've said, usually because we've annoyed him because we've done something because of us. Unprofessional. People. <laughs> <laughs> that makes uh, his life difficult. He'd be like, and then you said this, and then you did this. And I'm like, I've got no memory of mate, that. that was, like, longer than an hour ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I have an out-of-body experience for an hour. And then... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, say some things. I, I can't wait to listen to the I Have a Podcast one. <laughs> that will have already come out for you guys. Yeah, so the episode that's coming out next week, uh, midway through, Natalie try isn't. <laughs> Natalie informs me that she has a podcast. <laughs> just in case you didn't know. <laughs> and obviously, me being me, that derails the whole episode because uh, then I just keep saying that. <laughs> that was just chaos, that episode. I do feel sorry for the editor in that one. <laughs> Um, right, anyway. Okay, so I read Song of Silver, Flame Like Night by Emily Wenchiao. I don't think I've spoken about this. It's the first in the Song of the Last Kingdom series duology to be confirmed. I don't know. I didn't realise it was not a standalone till the ending. And I was like, wait, oh. what? What? Oh. There's more. I hate ones like that. I was I had a few of them. Very distressed. I, mean, I thought like, it was a standard. I'm like, how is this going to end? How's, how are yeah. they going to wrap this up? They, they can't I was wrap watching this up. it getting closer and closer to the end, and I was like, what, what, what? I hate those ones. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was a little bit like, what you doing to me, bro? <laughs> um, no, 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 no. No, thank you. <laughs> so, this is a, um, a YA. I would say it's young YA. Okay. Um, and it is a um, like a adventure featuring mythology and magic, um, and the mythology I believe is Chinese based, but not a hundred percent on that. So don't quote me on it, please. <laughs> um, so it follows a girl called Lan. 
So I think she's like 15. Mm-hmm. But I would say... Okay, so I'm going to tangent for a moment. She just leaned forward and put her hands on her like, right, listen. <laughs> I saw a TikTok of someone uh, who was talking about... They were specifically talking about... So they're an author and they are autistic or on the autism spectrum somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was saying that she writes her YA protagonist in relation to her. So, but a lot of feedback she gets is that they're written very young for their mm. age. And then I was reading the comments and people were saying, yeah, like autistic uh, written young adults or teenagers are always written younger than sort of neurotypical mm. characters. And um, it's because of how your brain actually develops. So it's, it's actually yeah. a reflection of real life. And I was like, as a reader, I've never really noticed this. Mm. Um I get very annoyed when teenagers, I feel, are written that they could easily change them to like 25 and it would yeah. still make sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, for me, I prefer younger written, younger, I'm doing like little quote marks, quote marks younger written teenagers because to me they feel more like teenagers. Because mm-hmm. um, teenagers are just children in big bodies. Yeah. Yeah, like that's like they what they still are. Basically, have children brains. Yeah, you've got you don't have an adult brain until you're twenty five. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. So, um, this I, I some people would probably describe it as younger written. Like mm. she's fifteen, but she could easily be a twelve. I don't know, but to me, she, I, I, I thought she was written like a fifteen year old. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I just had a different life to everyone. Maybe I just haven't been diagnosed with something. Who knows. <laughs> But, um, yeah, some of the reviews I've seen said that she's written kind of young, and I did not think that. Okay. <laughs> um, but I just thought I'd throw it out there in case you don't like your YA sounding young, young in quotes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Lan is someone that, so this is like um, an empire that has been taken over by the magic wielders who are, they kind of like have, it's almost like shadow magic. Okay. Um, and they very much, it's quite militants, they rule the okay. empire. And Lan is someone whose mother died when she was younger, um, was killed by these people who rule the empire. And she now works in what is a brothel, basically. Okay. She is a uh, performer there. She does not partake partake yeah <laughs> she is a performer and like a waitress mm. um but uh there's a lot like she is a apparently when she sings people like stop and look because she's so amazing so she has a mark on her arm that only she can see and the character she doesn't recognize and that mark was left there by her mum before she died yeah so she's trying she's like best friends with a local um like antiquities dealer mm. and she's she's written down the mark for him and he's trying to find anything with that mark on so yeah. she can work out what it means so he like buys in scrolls and stuff and yeah. she tries to find this mark because she wants to find out about her mum and her her history and um, and one day she meets someone called um, Zen who is a practitioner of um, a different type of magic the kind of magic that the people the shadow people like trying to stamp out okay. it was more of like a free magic it was like um different um different communities had their different version of the magic yeah. and stuff and it was all free magic and then the empire came and Rick stamped it all out yeah, yeah. yeah 
um, and he can see the mark. And uh, yeah, so he comes across her because he is a dealer for the dealer that she uh, goes to visit, and then he um, he saves her from the brothel when when a soldier decides to buy her, and she's like, "Don't freaking think so, mate." Yeah. So um, Zen saves her, and then he takes her to his um, like secret school, I guess, like where they're where there's people training um, the older type of magic in secret. Mm. He takes her there um, and they discover that like her song is kind of like a style of magic. Okay. Um, it's really cute and I thought it was very well written. It Like the um, the descriptions of the world and stuff and the world building was really beautiful. Uh, I really, mm, really I enjoyed like it. Yeah. yeah, It was great. It was a book I got from like Fairy Loot or Luma Crate, so I got a really gorgeous edition as well. Oh, pretty. So, yeah. I was looking at um, subscriptions for those um, and I was so tempted. Fairy Loot has just opened up the wait list for a new one, which I was tempted by because mm. I cancelled all my other subscriptions. Mm. Um, but they've just set up the wait list for a new one which is I used to get the adult book mm. only but they're now going to do book only adult and YA books book only because I don't want mm. all of the stuff with it the merchandise yeah um, and I was tempted it's like £40 a month or mm. with postage it would have been like £46 a month and I was looking at another one that was like 25 a month but mm. I, like, I got rid of a bunch of my like subscriptions as in like Prime and all them mm. to save money and then I was like I can't justify yeah, adding adding just moving the prime. And also, where would I? Yeah. Where would they go? And like, the reason I cancelled on mine is because I've got all of these beautiful books, but I haven't read them. So mm. I said to myself, I'm going to cancel them until I read these books. Yeah. And then decide if it's worth it. And if it is, I'll go back on the mm. wait list. Because I, if I had somewhere to display them, it would make mm. sense. But I think I would just rather source like the special editions of books I mm. want. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's that, where I am at the minute. That's what I mean. I also need to try and save space with my books. <laughs> yeah, both of our houses are full. Mm, yeah, when I came home on Sunday with like a bag <laughs> full of books and yeah. So yeah. Um, right, since Tell I've me. only got six, did you want to do one more of yours? Or... Um, yeah, I can double it up with this one. The, yep. the Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea by Axie O. So I was trying to read um, as many um, Asian authors or characters as possible. Um, I didn't read as many as I'd hoped, but overall May was a bit of a shitty reading month. So, um, But yeah, The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea. Do you remember I gave this description last time? You probably won't remember. I described this book when I was talking about Daughter of the Moon Goddess. <laughs> and I was like, Describe this one by mistake. <laughs> um, I don't. Remember. I feel like I remember you talking about this, mm. but I'd also, you know. So, and um, this is a uh, retelling of a Korean folklore, and this follows a character called Mina, mm. who um, she in the town she lives in. Uh, well, it's more of a village. They um, they are next to the sea, and every year they. Uh, is it every year or is it no I think it's every 10 years every 10 years they um, 
was going to say donate. Um, not donate. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. <laughs> donate. Um, a beautiful maiden. We're just donating it. Why are you crying? Um, to the sea. To um, the uh, sea god. Um, to be yeah. his. To be his wife. It, and there is a backstory mm. to why they do it. And um, so Mina's brother has a uh, bride-to-be, and she is picked as the one who will be mm. yeeted into the sea. Yeeted. And um, everyone's sad because she's so beautiful, and Mina's like, this bitch is too beautiful, man. So she uh, volunteers as tribute and jumps in as it. And the whole time... Uh, so apparently the um, the storms that keep ravaging mm. the, the village will stop when the true bride is found. Okay. So that's why they just keep throwing, throwing bints into the water. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, Mina goes in and the whole time well, she's I like... I had the word bint. I know. Sorry, <laughs> that really distracts me. It's because I was thinking about... Um, I recently rewatched uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, yeah. and they're like, "Just get some watery bint for you, <laughs> for your so, sword." So, like bint is like a very Londony term, like for a woman, but obviously it's derogatory. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't mean it. <laughs> yeah, it's, then it's, not, it's not a positive name for a woman. Watery bint. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's a very I specific word. word. I yeah. forgot that. Like, that's not what other people are gonna. People aren't gonna be like, "Oh yeah, bint." <laughs> Carry on, sorry. Um, and the whole time Mina's like, "Well, I'm not as beautiful as I don't even remember the what's name." What's her face? Yeah, of pretty girl. Pretty what's her face? Um, oh, Chiang. I'm not as beautiful as her, so um, I'm not the true bride, whatever. Mm. And then um, when she gets down there, so it's like a whole city underwater okay. and it's really cool but it's just a city of discarded brides and <laughs> um, there are them but then there's like demons different gods okay it kind of like the description some people keep describing it as like spirited away and it does give those kind of vibes okay. so i don't know if i've never seen that no. um i've been told to watch it several times with yes, several different people agreed <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so it's like a spirit realm Ooh. realm underwater and there's like gods mythical beasts um the brides that weren't the true bride, etc., etc., demons, rah rah rah, and um, she gets like this um ribbon that goes from like her chest, and it just flows off, and um, apparently that's who you're like connected to, okay, soulmate style, um, and she's like, well, it's not going to be to the sea god, is yeah. it? Because look at, look me. at me, I'm yeah. not as pretty as what's her face, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's really cute. It was really beautifully written. It was it was really adorable. Just like nice imagery. Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Again, I would say some people would probably say it's written young. Mm. I thought it was perfect. Okay. <laughs> they were both great reads and I read them one after the other and it was just wonderful. Mm. It was just good vibes all around. Nice cute <laughs> so, vibes. Yeah. And a swift change in tone. Yes, please, please bring this down. <laughs> I read the first to die at the end. Ah. <sighs> you capture your tears for witchcraft you know what it's not as sad as the first book so this is the prequel to they both die at the end i would i mean maybe i'm cold and heartless i would say it's not sad Um, i have a question yes did it need to be written yes and no okay okay so i 
the <clears throat> so the story in it is cute. So this is about when the so the premise of the there they both die at the end is that there's an app called Deathcast. Everyone has this app and they ring you at between midnight and two a.m. on the day you're going to die and say you've got twenty four hours to live. How pissed off would you be to wake up yeah. to that and be like, I could just kept sleeping. Yeah, it's my last day. Let me so sleep. Like, the inbuilt into the app is like you can't silent it because it's like just leave me a voicemail. Yeah. I'll deal with it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a whole. By the time we get to they, they both die in the end. There's a whole culture built around the app. There's last dayers that are called deckers. That and we find out why they're called deckers oh, in wait, this book. So every morning between midnight and two a.m., every person in the world is on panic station in case they get a phone call. Yes, that's not conducive to good sleep. No. So obviously, the whole culture of the world has changed to, to yeah. revolve around this. And there's like, there's lots of last day, there's last day bars where nothing's illegal. Mm-hmm. And people just kind of close their eyes to what goes on behind there, underage drinking, obviously, like, because you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole thing in the books of like, is it just, you've been told you're going to die. So the people go out and have their last days. Yeah. And then they're doing really reckless stuff because they're told they're going to die. Like, if you drink yourself to death, yeah. is that how you were meant to die? If you or... die from an overdose that you wouldn't have taken if you hadn't been yeah. told you were a decker. So this that undercurrent yeah. is through all the books. Okay. Both books. So, and so in this one, this is the day the Death Cast app, app launches. So this is like the first ever, so it's the first to die at the end, because it's the first ever Deathcaster. Okay. So the, the thing launches, so we've got our two main characters, we've got Valentino, who's just moved to New York to escape his like, homophobic parents. He's going there to be a model, his sister's flying out to join him the next day. She's going to be a photographer. They've basically given up everything to go to New York to pursue their dreams. Okay. He's booked his first ever big national campaign. Ooh. So like, Big moments. He he gets there and he's without his sister's coming the next day, so he's on his own. And he's like, okay, I'm going to head out and have my big New York moment. So he goes to Times Square where the Death Cast launch mm-hmm. event is. Okay. And there he meets our other main, Orion. So Orion has a sort of terminal health heart condition. So basically, he's fine, mm. but when his heart gives out, he dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do explain what his heart condition is, but he regularly has heart attacks, and each time he has a heart attack, that could be the this could be his moment. Yeah. So he is excited about death class because it means every day he can know for sure he won't die that day. Yeah. So that, that means he sense. can start going out and having a bit more fun and knowing his heart's not going to give out. Yeah. Because he's a lot of trust to put into a random app. Yeah. Mm. Which obviously at this point, no, it's not proven that it works. Yeah. But he's like hoping he's got this newfound hope that. Because he'll have a reason to Deathcast won't call him that doesn't call him that day. He could go out and go like just to the mall with friends and not worry about having a heart attack. Yeah. That yeah. day and die. So for him, Deathcast means completely different. And at the Deathcast launch event It's like freedom for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Deathcast launch event, they've got people coming up like him who are coming up to speak about why what Deathcast means to them and their stories. So mm-hmm. their tragic stories. Okay. And his parents, Orion's parents died in nine eleven. So he's thinking if Deathcast had been around during nine eleven. Would nine eleven even have happened? Because if they got that phone call, but they not have gone to the towers that day, would they have stayed home? But then would they not have died a different way? Mm. So like, that's the final debate. destination up in here. Yeah, and is that if all the people on the planes in nine eleven had got a call from Deathcast that flight wouldn't have taken off potentially? 
So this is there's also that other layer to it in this yeah. book. Or like the whole time that's what Orion's thinking about. Mm-hmm. It's like what if this had been around with my parents? So So if you don't have a phone Yeah, you can't obviously so there's loads yeah. of people who don't sign up for death class and oh, then you're not okay. in the system so this is like a forced thing like. no, no oh, it's okay. not it's not mandatory but just by the time we get to the the other book mm-hmm. they both die at the end it's kind of it's weird if you don't have death class yeah because everyone has it's because there's such a culture built around it yeah, but yeah. this is back in the day when not everyone had phones that could have apps like now if you meet someone that's like i don't have any social media you're, you're like, like oh, what okay <laughs> Not even, not even Facebook. So not everyone can have apps. Not everyone believes in it. Mm. There's lots of people that being it's sing- signaling doomsday. So there's lots of that kind of stuff going yeah. on. Okay. So Orion's there. He's gone to give the testimony about like his experience with death and what death cast means to him. He wants to do that whole thing, and that's where he meets Valentino. Valentino's just there to sort of heart you up. Yeah experience quite shy quite reserved is from a very um conservative town and has and has never been able to be openly be his best gay self <laughs> so then he's trying to be and then he sees this really hot guy who's like crying and he's like mm, you're cute <laughs> <laughs> um so then they meet at the event um and they get talking and they persuade um valentino to download the death cast app and he only pays for a day because you have to pay for it. Oh, okay. He only pays what? for it. Yeah, no, yeah. there's no way. I'll it's really expensive that. as well. Yeah, I'll not be doing that. Um, he pays for a day subscription. He wakes me up and I have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather die yeah. and not know about Cheers. it. Cheers. Um, so, down is the app, and then midnight happens, and lo and behold, Valentino gets the call. Not Orion. What the shit? Yeah. So Valentino, the healthy, completely healthy. Yeah. Um, he's like, because he's a model and he's like trained all his life to like also have the physique of a model mm. to make it big. So he like eats really healthy, doesn't drink. Like he's really strict about his health in order to look and feel his best to be a model. Yeah. Um, and then he sat there with like a guy who's got a terminal health con- heart condition, and then he's the one that gets the call. And then seconds later, a mass shooter appears <gasps> oh. in Times Square. Because of the Doomsday event. Yeah. And then all the people... And kids America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Uh, also, we love you. Yeah. All of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but dudes, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and Ryan chooses to save him. Like, knocks him out of the way of the bullet. And the Valentino's like, wow, I'm going to die. And Ryan's like, wow, I'm just going to let it happen. Like, God. Like, we know I'm not going to die. I'm the day. Come I didn't on. get a phone call. So, like, I might as well save you. And he's like, why? Oh, that's, that's just... So much trust, you know, yeah. like something like, yeah, unless uh, uh, no, no, um, not for me. <laughs> and then his sister doesn't can't get to him because she's flying mm. from Texas where they live, so she's not going to arrive before he dies. Well, she's supposed to, okay, but then someone hurt the um pilot on her flight, gets his death class call, all right, and then so the flight won't take off oh. because. And the pilot like barricades himself in the um, because he he obviously post nine eleven he's convinced there's a hijacker on the plane and that's what's going to kill him, mm. so he then barricades himself in the um cockpit, cockpit mm. and then the flight can't take off and all this kind of stuff and there's no policy at this point surrounding if someone on that flight gets a death cast call can it take off because mm-hmm. like by the time we get to the next book it's like everyone's death cast status gets checked before they're allowed to fly, okay, 
case they bring down the whole plane or something. <laughs> but then wouldn't everyone get the, Oh, not everyone has the app. Okay. So, yeah, but, but why do we get to the, the... Why am I thinking too much into this? I'm just so curious yeah. about this whole thing. <laughs> and then, like, so, like, um, Orion, because of the stress of, like, saving someone from getting shot, he then has a heart attack, and they have to go to hospital. Mm-hmm. And when he arrives in the hospital, they ask his um, his status, if he's been called by a death cast. Oh. And then we're already at this point where, where we don't know whether, if he's been given death cast status would they try and save him mm. or would they just leave him so it's it's the beginning of that there's no policies in place at this point yeah so it's like but the first question they asked was did he get a call from death cast before they would treat orion mm. who's not the one who got the call yeah so then valentino's like well um i he's type o blood type and orion's been on the wait list for a heart transplant for ages so he was like well if i'm gonna die today then i might as well do something good with my life i just don't understand like no, I need to stop thinking mm. too much into this. It's, like, it's why a bit of a head would you fuck. just accept it so readily and be like, okay? Well, there's sure, a lot take of like, there's a lot of. So throughout the night, they're checking like news articles to see how many people who got the call then died. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's a, by by the time they reach about like eight o'clock in the morning, it's been a hundred percent success rate so far. So, do you know like who it is that come like where this information comes from? Does it ever go into that? Like, well, this is, is this is my issue with this book. Okay, okay. Because on on the original book, they both die at the end. It's just kind of this app, and it's all very remote. Mm. Whereas this, there's certain chapters that are written from the app's creator's point of view. Mm. Jokwan Phoenix or something, he is, I can't remember now. I might have just said that with confidence, and I'm wrong. It doesn't say it in the summary. But yeah, so there's certain chapters that are from the app's creator's point of view, and his wife, and they are A, boring and pointless, they are really slow chapters mm. and they don't add anything and there's lots so of they like ruin the, the pace of the book yeah and also there's loads of allusions to the technology behind death cast but they don't ever reveal the secret of how it works of the tech there's loads of like allusions to the algorithm or like the technology behind it and there's like a mysterious basement where he goes because there some of the people who are death casters didn't get called so for people who have signed up for the app mm. who died that day weren't called. So that's, they missed about three people in like of all of their sign ups. Mm. So then he goes Because I'm not being funny, if an app like this was made by a corporation, I'd be mm. like, You can fuck off, I'm not giving you more money. And it sort of goes into the history <laughs> I don't of like believe you, I'll trust you. he had government backing. Yeah, that all sent that. So he gets like government grants to I do think, this. Like, you either you either go into the details of it mm. and somehow win me round, even though I'm not reading it, or you just don't so allude I mean, to it at all. That's what I mean. There's loads of like half illusions, and mm. it's the guy. He's been like the reason he created the app was that so everyone can live their last day to the fullest, or everyone can live their days to the fullest. So if you know you're not going to die, you can go out into the work knowing you're not going to die that day, yeah, and you can just like live it up. So it's, but it's, his whole thing is I just wanted to give people this gift. And the people who are going to die know they're going to die and can live their last days the best they can. So his his he's he makes it out like it's super selfless, but whilst then raking in the money. I mean, if rake, it's selfless, you'd have it for free. Surely, yeah. So yeah. raking in the money, and then they have their heralds. They're called who are the people that call to people to let them know they're dying. So it's actual humans. Yeah. So it's up. a call. It's a call center where they're calling dodgy, people to it? say you're going to die today because like human. Like fallibility, like so they have a script they're supposed to stick to, 
Yeah. And they have a target number of phone calls they're supposed to make. Like any call centre. So, but then, and it's him, so it's this guy who's saying, like, selfish, and, like, they did all this training with the Heralds to make sure that they they wouldn't be traumatised by doing this job, or um, that they'd be able to handle the calls, like, correctly, mm. and stuff like this. And there was a heavy vetting process of the Heralds before they were picked. His wife's a psychologist, so she did a lot of the psychological analysis to, before they picked the Heralds. But then he has one guy who, like, he rings an 80-year-old man, and this 80-year-old man just wants to tell him about his life. Because yeah. he's like, he's got no one. He's got no family, no friends, no neighbours he's friendly with. He's a very lonely old man. So he's like, okay, if I'm going to die, I want to tell you about my... I want to tell you some things. So he's on this call for... So he's on this call for, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. And Joe comes there like, hurry up! Like... <laughs> but he's like, there's more people that need saving and, like... Oh, so you need to be able to help more people. It's not just this one old man, like, blah, blah. and then there's another herald who's enjoying it a bit too much and powers through all her calls. Um, I think we meet her in the next book. Oh, there's gonna be another one. She no, she's in because they both oh. die at the end of set later. Yeah, yeah. She's still a herald, I believe. Don't quote me on this. In the next book, I think she's the one that um goes to rooftops and at midnight, and if she doesn't get called, she doesn't jump. So, that's a whole, there's a whole random second storyline. You can't see my face, I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so she's like, basically, if they don't call her that day, she doesn't jump, because she's not meant to die that day. And she does it every night. Okay. I know. <laughs> Sorry, so, I derailed you there, like. So, yeah. Um. So, he's like, you can have my heart, that's where we were up to. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, yeah if, if, I, if I die, you can have my heart, because I'm type O, I'm compatible with everyone, so they run all the tests, and he does have a healthy heart, so Orion's like, oh, but you're like a really hot dude, that I kind of think this could have been a magical relationship, and now, like, I'm just okay. waiting for you to die. Yeah. So then, because they would know there'll be surgery at some point, he won't eat anything, so Valentino doesn't eat his whole last day, so he doesn't have a last meal or anything. Um, and Orion's... I guess that's, like, actually selfless, unlike mm. the <laughs> maker of the app. And Orion's sort of adoptive sister is, like, saying, like, well, you guys can't go out and explore because we need to keep you safe until you die so you can give my brother his healthy heart. Like, mm. sorry what's happening to you, but... She's like, listen, walking heart transplant. Yeah, she's like, you're going to die anyway, <gasps> yeah. so, like, don't take my brother down with you. So the hospital wouldn't just take the heart, they're like, you've got to Well, no, they, they have or... to go to the whole ethics board. Yeah. Because Orion, um, Valentino at one point is offering to be um, put to sleep, mm. alive, youth, no, not euthanized, um, under anesthesia, be put to sleep, and then they take his heart out while he's still living, and then he gently passes away from that. So he's saying, like, well, if I'm going to die to any day anyway, I might as well be when I choose it, and it's not from something traumatic, and it does... It, and that's the heart's safe. That's the most optimal way to give someone a heart transplant, is yeah. a living, beating heart. This all sounds madness. Yeah, it was a bit deep. So, like, at one point they're basically implying that Valentino's going to get basically euthanised so, so he can give the heart. This sounds, like, more on, like, the um, a drama side than mm. the other book is. The other book the sounded other book more was emotional. Just and, a like, love story. Love, yeah, romance kind like, of Like, they go out and they're trying to live their best last days. And it's all about that. And it's about, like, Matteo getting confidence and all that kind of stuff. And Rufus, like... Quite a change of time. Yeah. 
Yeah. This so, one I mean, sounds more like a thriller. No, so Zoran and Valentino do go out and try and have a last day together, but yeah. things keep going wrong. Yeah. Like, say his sister's flight doesn't take off. And then he goes, he's supposed to have his photo shoot for the, the modelling agency, but then the photographer um, doesn't, can't make it for some reason. So then his last photo shoot, which is his dream, can't happen. Oh. So then him and um, Ryan go to a porn shop and just buy, like, a uh, a digital camera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to fill this. We're going to do photo shoots around New York of your first and last day around New York. And the guy who owns the shop is Rufus's dad, who's the main character in the next book. So you see... That's a cool little tie-in. Yeah, because by the next book, his whole family's dead. Rufus's family's dead. (laughs) So it's kind of cute. You get to meet Rufus's dad. um, And his mum is the surgeon who's going to do a Ryan and Valentino surgery. This is all very, uh... Yeah. And then he, they also meet, um, Matteo in the park. It's very fan service now. Yeah. So they meet <laughs> Matteo in the park and Matteo's dad. And in, they both die at the end. Matteo's dad is in a coma, so we never meet his dad either. And it's like, yeah. So there's some cute callbacks. Are they, do you think they, uh, Who's the author? Is it Adam Silvero? Yeah. Do you think he'll write any more? Like, was it left, like, hey, let's write some more? Or? Um, I think there's potential to squeeze more stories out of this. But like I think it will ruin it. dealing with it. Yeah, like, I think it will know. ruin the magic of it. Because, like, even this book kind of took me out of the magic of the first one. Mm. Yeah. And, like, the way he dies, it's just you see it coming from a million miles away, whereas the way the deaths happen and they both die at the end are... You just don't see them coming. I was going to say, does he die? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it would be a bit awkward if he didn't. Yeah, he does die. But it's just in, it's just in like, this would not... It literally would not have happened if he was a deathcaster, if he wasn't a deathcaster, if he didn't get the phone call. He, like, put himself in a situation yeah. that he wouldn't have been in otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you could argue, so basically, it's... <laughs> His neighbour, his so the guy, his landlord is a wife beater and is a terrible, terrible man. And he decides he's going to make his fortune by getting a picture of one of the deckers dying. All right. And then when he finds out a decker's living in his building, he's like, "Ah, oh, you're my guy." Um. So then he waits by his door against the keyhole, waiting for um Valentino to come home. All right. Yeah. But meanwhile, his wife is friends with one of the heralds, the guy who gets the phone call from the to the 80-year-old man. He quits that day because he's like, if I wasn't allowed to talk to this old man... Who's just been told he's been dying. Yeah. yeah. So what he does, he quits at the end of the phone calls so like when their shift ends, and then he goes and finds... The old man told him about the cafe he goes to every day. So he goes to the cafe, meets the old man. The old man tells him about his life, and he's like... Um, I had the love of my life and he's like do you have someone like that and he's like well yeah but she's married and he's a terrible guy and I wish oh, I'd t- I wish I told her how I felt before she got married and then he's like well go tell her so then he does and he's like I'm going to save you I'm going to help save you from this terrible man and they've come back to tell the terrible man off we go and that's the point at which Valentino comes home so you could argue none of this would have happened without a death cast yeah like, he might have still been beating on his wife, and that's when Valentino interferes, but... Mm, yeah. I, 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 it's not a spoiler, because, like, it's literally called... They both, they die at the end, so, like... 
the first time. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. So would you say it's required reading if you like They Both Die at the End? No. Cool. <laughs> no. I, it was all right. It wasn't nearly as sad. It wasn't nearly as uplifting. Because the first book was all about, like, finding purpose in life. And, like, yeah. and there's, like, all this stuff where, like, Orion wants to be a writer and Valentina wants to be a model and, like, dreams. And I don't know, it doesn't feel as authentic as the first one did. So, yeah. And it was a whole lot of, like, death as well. Like, it was very deathy. The other one didn't feel as deathy. Yeah, yeah. This is very focused, like, because Orion's always known he's going to die. And then suddenly he's and got this second chance of life. Valentino's just like, ah, just kill me now, just kill me now, whatever, just kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Cool. And, like, I don't know, he, like, he goes to visit them, uh, Orion's, like, adoptive family... And they like throw him a little party because he's saving Orion's life, and it's all a bit That's weird. That's really awkward. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. Yeah. But obviously, this is a death cast, first death cast, and no one knows what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And maybe some people would like that a little party for them before they. Yeah. Kick the because he can't see anyone. He doesn't speak to his parents, and his sister can't get to him in time. What'd you do if you only had one day to live? Or that? <laughs> yeah, do you know what? That's what I'm it sounds exhausting. I'd be like, kids, come and have a nap with me. Let's mm. just have a little cuddle and a nap. Because what could you realistically get to within a day I know, of travel like, that would like, make it worthwhile? Is there a book? I'd be like, I'm finally going to read this book. Yeah. Because like, no, I'd just spend time with my kids, wouldn't yeah. I? Yeah. Yeah. And have to explain to a five year old that I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I Not don't to know get when. A bit morbid with this, but <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So I, I get what the book was trying to do, but I just think we could have just had. I don't. I didn't like the whole back, that second subplot with the apps creator and all the stuff. Yeah, I don't. I think that that needs to be there by sounds. The yet. subplots in the second one were much more interesting mm. than this one. Yeah. So there you go. Little nugget of joy for you guys. <laughs> Shall I do my one? Yeah. Because speaking of death, <laughs> I've got a book about an assassin. Okay. Okay. The Old Woman with the Knife by Gyo Byung Mo. And this is a translated book from Korean, I believe. And the translator is Chi Young Kim. And this follows a woman who's in her 60s and she's an assassin and she still oh is working as an assassin. So she's kind of reaching that age where can she still do her job, yeah. for starters. Um, until now, she has never had anything go wrong or never failed an assignment or mm. anything. She goes on an assignment and something goes wrong. Yeah. And... It's kind of like, is it due to her age? Is it like her mind? Is it starting mm. to go? Things like this. So you just kind of follow her life a bit, like going to the doctor, getting checkups. Um, <laughs> she goes to the doctor and say, hey, I'm, I didn't manage to kill someone. I think something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, so the doctor she sees is like a specific doctor that works with everyone from her age. Uh, okay. Um, and she doesn't mentioned to him that she's concerned about anything because she doesn't want it written up in her mm. records but yeah and so she has a dog that she found like years ago that's called d 
deadbeat, I think. All good assassins have a little dog that they would yeah. die for. And that's the only thing in her life. She's never got married. She's never had children. She made mm. those decisions because she didn't want her family to be at risk due to her job. Yeah. And there's a guy who works who's a, an assassin for the agency she works for. And he just seems to have a real problem with her and she doesn't know why. Okay. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a book about what what is the meaning of life kind of thing like okay. how important is it to have family oh so it's the same kind of tune mm, yeah we do get uh, a few chapters from the she calls him like the whippersnapper or something from the from the younger guy that mm. seems to just hate her for being an old lady she she goes to see her doctor because she slips up on an assignment and she gets mm. injured which is kind of like the start of this whole thing and she goes to see her doctor but he's not there so she sees a different doctor and mm. she's really concerned he's going to tell someone, etc. And mm-hmm. um, and then she kind of gets obsessed with this doctor and his family and his child. And it kind of makes her think what her life could have been if she'd had children or got mm. married. So, and then it has flashbacks. And it's just, it was really good. Okay. It was just, it was really interesting. So interesting. You always pick up books I would never have thought to pick up. If I'd have read that blurb, I wouldn't have picked it up. Like, it's not something I'd think to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got this from one of the book subscriptions I do, the Rare Bird Book Club. Rare Bird Book Club. Yeah, mm. which is like feminist fiction. Okay. It was just really, really interesting. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, sorry, I keep that's all right. It's not you. It's um the, the life sleep. <laughs> no, you know what? The too much. Sleep. I've been sleeping all right, and I've been sleeping a good medium amount. I think I just. How dare you? Well, I because so because I can drive now. I passed my test. Woo-hoo. Um, I think we've mentioned that already. But anyway, Woo-hoo. I can go to the gym and swimming more, and I like if I just feel like doing a bit of exercise, I'll just go. Have you been going to do? Like... So I've been doing more exercise, Yay. and obviously then my life is generally fairly busy. Yeah, and oh, it's it's hitting me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I need to. Um, I don't know. I think I need some hashtag protein or something. <laughs> at least you've got a, a holiday booked in at some point. Not till July, mid July. But that's in adult time. That's like two weeks. I'll yeah. just blink. Yeah, and you'll be there. Because I blinked and May went by, so... Mm. Um, it won't be that long. Um, shall I... I don't know what our ratio of books is. Um, I don't know whether you need to do another one before I do. Two, three. I've got like four. Okay. I've I probably should do another one. I reread The Atlas Six twice. I've already <laughs> spoken about it a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> you because you met the author. Yeah. I was very excited about it. Okay. Check so, out my TikTok for more. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good TikTok, so go to it. <laughs> Alright, so I read, and uh, well, this is a listen. This is Audible Included Library. Ah, uh-huh, my favourite ones. Uh, I was looking for shite. <laughs> I was looking for shite to work, listen to whilst working. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not read a bit of vampire shite like this oh, in so long. I'm so excited. Yeah. So I was just gonna, I'm just going to read the description and stuff to you first, and then I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Go All on. right. <laughs> Black Sunshine mm-hmm. by a Dark Eyes Book One by Karina Hale or Howe. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read the description seriously. Uh, 
All Lenore Warwick wants for her 21st birthday is to hang out with her friends, finish her second year at Berkeley and, and with flying colours, and maybe catch the eye of a hot musician playing a show at the club that she can now, brackets, legally get into. Unfortunately, fate has other plans for her. A week before her birthday, she's kidnapped by the brooding and dangerous stranger with cold eyes and a lethal touch who's been stalking her in the San, on San Francisco's fog-shrouded streets. Of course he has. Absalom Starvig. Sorry, what? <laughs> That's his name. Absalom Starvig. No which is a had, fantastic no vampire had name. To kidnap her because she'd have been like, oh, God, is that, is that, I'm Absalom. You're a vampire. Yeah, I'm sorry. How long have you been seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> this is the skin of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Absalom Starvik isn't your average criminal though he's a centuries old vampire who could have seen that Shopping. come in he's caught between wanting to kill Lenore and wanting to save her oh, so you see himself. you see Lenore too is a vampire oh, oh. she just doesn't <gasps> know it yet <laughs> what <laughs> taken by a pair of vampire slayers when she was just an infant Lenore was raised never knowing her true nature all Lenore knows is that she has normal parents who love her, that she's exceptionally smart and squeamish around blood. But once she turns 21, she'll fully turn into a vampire and Salon hopes he'll be there to guide her, opening her eyes to her deepest hunger, both sexual and otherwise. <laughs> but this turning can't be kept a secret. Seen both slayers and vampires are, are hunting Lenore with only Salon and his unpredictable motley crew of vampires to save her. If they don't kill her first, Black Sunshine... <laughs> it's a dark adult standalone romance with a paranormal twist about sex, love, secrets, and revenge set in contemporary San Francisco. <sighs> so much to unpack. Why? Why is it always children? Why? Why she's, is your she's twenty? She's a child. Why? She's twenty. Summer? He might be three hundred, but she is twenty, so she's not a child. Her adult brain hasn't formed yet. <laughs> Why right. is she, not that you've said the word soulmate, but why is she the one? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, her parents are vampire slayers. In this world, vampires can be born, like vampires can procreate. But they're not turned into a vampire till they're 21. Yeah. 21 is very weird because that's like a human age thing. Okay, but, okay. but weirdly, so the girls is 21, men is 35. Because reasons. <laughs> Why is the patriarchy even coming into vampire books? Come on. Okay, okay so um, she's born to a pair of vampires who her parents vampire slay in revenge for one of them hurting one of them's family. And then they're like, oh, there's this baby. Well, we can't kill a baby, right? But then it turns out she's like part witch. And they are witches. Witches are vampire slayers in this world. And they're like, well, she is one of us, sort of. She's also a vampire, but she's one of us, so we can't kill her. So then they take her, and then they quit vampire slaying. And where did the witch part come from? Because oh, witches and vampires woo. are like enemies. So it's yeah. like, how? How did this happen? Okay. Because her mother was the vampire, and that like usually it's witch women who have been 
seduced, yeah, brackets, seduced yeah. by male vampires against their will to have babies. So it being the other way around, it's just no one can fathom it. Yeah. It means she willingly had sex with a witch and more. And maybe she seduced him. And then they just don't tell her that she's a vampire. And then they just start acting weird around her, around her birthday. And they're like, oh, yeah, so to celebrate your birthday, we're gonna... they're a bit hippie-ish because they're witches, but they've never told us that they're witches. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the desert on your birthday. Um, just, just for fun. <laughs> just for just for Just because. <laughs> Why not? Um, 21. You can legally drink. <laughs> we're going to take you to the Let's desert. Let's go to the desert. It's very dry there. <laughs> um, but Absalom... <laughs> Kids kidnaps her before that's possible. If you met someone called Absalom, or you just walk away, wouldn't you? You'd be like, "Well, well, how someone, long have you been?" <laughs> someone else kidnaps her first, posing as a taxi driver, and then when he turns down a dark, creepy tunnel, she's like, "Hey, this might not be all right." This is giving me um, like inspired it's classic vampire shite, isn't it? It's like inspired by um. Oh, discovery of witches <laughs> but you made it really cheesy uh, and then so the guy she like tries to skip a kidnapper and then he has to knock her out and then Absalom finds out and he's cross that she got knocked out I know they called him Salon as a shorten that's like and it's also a name that I would expect to hear in oh what is that called the Harry Potter fiction oh my immortal no immortal yep or if it was in like what we do, what we do in the shadows, yes, yeah. you would just be like, yeah, perfect. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> so then he takes him, her back to his little vampire lair, which is like a house disguised by magic in the main square of San Francisco. Of course, <laughs> because of course, and in it is a bunch of like vampires who all hate her for some inexplicable reason because she's half witch. No, they just hate her. It's never really explained. Mm. Um, and then maybe because she's a child. At no point does anyone explain to her what's going on. Absalom's like, just get in this room and shut up. And she's like, what? And he's like, just shut up. And she's like, but why am I been taken? And he's like, I'm not telling you. And then like she starts to go through the transformation, and they don't tell her. Are her parents trying to find her? Or... No, huh? because they realise the vampires came back for her. So they're just like, yeah, she's like that sucks. We raised her for 20 years, but whatever. <laughs> Off yeah. we go. So, like, her friends Let's are trying... Let's go find another kid. Her... So this is how Absalom proves that her parents aren't good people to her. Because she's like, where are my parents? What have you done to them? And he's like, they're fine. Like, they're vampires. They're holiday. Like, they're fine. <laughs> and then he, like, shows her, like, texts that they've sent her friend to say, oh, I've decided to go on holiday with my parents after all. I'll get back to you soon when I've got signal. <laughs> so her parents just, like, disappear for a bit. Because they always do in these books, don't they? Because, yeah. And then she goes, she starts transforming. Now, stage one of the transformation... Being horny. ...is the lust phase. Of course. (laughs) But Absalom (sighs) will not service her. (laughs) She refuses. He instead brings in some other vampire. (laughs) He's like, so-and-so will deal with you. <laughs> and then he just stands there and watches. And there's a very long scene where they describe, she describes his vampire going down on her. What Absalom commands of like, now make her come. <laughs> Why isn't he doing it? Because it's beneath him. <laughs> <laughs> it's beneath me. 
immediately become. Um, and then she's in like just voyeuring around the house. Yeah, and then she's in this like lust fugue state for a few days. She, she doesn't remember any of it, but she does have sex with this guy several times. That's she nice. doesn't remember. Yeah, but not. Sounds like um. Apparently she consent was. Consent is weird in this book. Well, apparently she did consent enthusiastically, but obviously it's because she was in the lust phase. They make that very clear after the fact that he's like, you were, you, you wanted this. And she's like, but I don't remember it. And he's like, but you said yes. And she's like, okay. Anyway, you know when a, do- a book knows it's done something dodgy and is trying to cover its ass? You know, like, <laughs> this thing called uh, rape? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but I mean, what is a bit of camp- classic vampire romance without a little rapey element? I mean, it's I like, it's another staple of the genre. I feel like... A better way to deal with it is he could have just chucked in a toy while she's in her little yeah. porn house. Oh, like why? Why not just make it so she remembers? Yeah. Why make her wake up two days later with no memory of it? Yeah, or just like how are her parents gonna deal with it? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, that is absolutely the point. Why they took the, later in the book, they take her to the desert. <laughs> later in the book, he, they, he's like, "You have no idea what the transformation entails," and then she's like, "Oh shit, what would I have done?" That's all. Yeah, <laughs> not saying I approve of any of this. But... Uh, and then the next stage is like hunger, but then it's not that bad for her because she's half witch or some shit. Oh, like Bella's one. Yeah, and then but she feeds off of Absalon, and then for some reason can feed off no one else, not even humans. That's not below him. But <laughs> fulfilling her sexually would have been below. Yeah. Is it because he needs to be a nice guy? And well, no. There's a reason. There's oh. a tragic backstory to him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got trauma about going down on someone. <laughs> no. So apparently, because he's not. So there's two types of vampires: the vampires that are born and vampires that are turned. And the ones that are turned are basically like half animal. They're like beasts. Okay. And they have the bloodlust way, way worse, and sex makes them turn into, like, evil monsters. Like an angel in Buffy. Right, okay, okay, okay. I've never watched Buffy. I keep meaning to. Um, <laughs> so like, so he's it. like, he's like, I can't do this with you, I'll hurt you. And she's like, I don't care. I care about the person beneath. I see you. And he's like, no, nah, I will legit kill you. And she's like, but please... <laughs> Okay, just to be clear, author, I'm not bad-mouthing your book. It's just not my vibes at this current stage of my life. I probably would have loved this ten this years This is, ago. I would have ate this shit up yeah. ten years ago. When I was really in my vampire phase, I mean, that's I what I mean. loved it was, this. It, was, it, it is classic vampire trash yeah. fiction. For me now, this, this doesn't sound like it's working for me, I'm afraid. But it sounds like it was fun. You know what? It was... I listened to it, to it at 1.2 or 3 speed. And it was, at that speed, a working day's worth of listen. Yeah, yeah. And you know and what? it does sound fun. It just got me through the day. It sounds like um, a book that I would probably really love to write an essay on. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a feminist. Yes, yeah, <laughs> with lots type. of things. To Maybe work I'll here. do that. Maybe I'll do um, that. I'll do like a ten-point <laughs> series on my TikTok about it. <laughs> my main criticism: it majorly relied on miscommunication because at no point has anyone explained oh, anything yeah. to the main character. You've lost ever. Me. That's my most hated trope ever. Yeah, the whole time, like they're like. And it's lots of, didn't so-and-so tell you? I can forgive the underage sex. <laughs> it's not underage. I can forgive the perverts. I can forgive the rape. But the miscommunication. 
Oh my god, that would be such a good title for this episode. It's obviously a bit too explicit. No, that's, yeah, and people might not get that. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole time, there's lots of expositional moments of like, did he not tell you? Well, here's a fact about the world. And there's like these like pointless revelations over and over where it's like just shit world building. Right, it like could have just been done in the world building and not as expositional dialogue. Yeah. That is actually my main issue with this. It's like, no point does anyone explain anything to her properly. And even to the end, we're like, did he not tell you? I love your voice for this. It's just, yeah. Oh my god. Over and over. standalone. No, because it ends on something like sort of a cliffhanger. But it said it was a standalone. I don't, but it's definitely not because it's like, so. Why have you done this to us? Did you At one me? point, you Absalom one? goes to auction her off. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Well, apparently he never meant it. He was just going... Just accidentally. He just wanted everyone to know that he had her. Because she was, like, powerful. For which purposes? Also, not explain. It's because she's half witch, half vampire, she's really powerful or some shit? Is this a book that started off as, like, just writing sex scenes and then they tried to make a storyline around it? I feel it? like there's a strong possibility. Yes. I mean, some of those books are great. And she's like not like other girls, and she has not. tattoos. And but when she becomes a vampire, the tattoos disappear. Um, because you heal all your scars, and that's what tattoos are, really. Does she get magic? Yeah, she's witchy witch. She's magic, and she's different magic to the other vampires. So vampires have magic of their own, their own powers. Mm-hmm. What again? We're a bit twilighty here. Mm. Different depends on who. Just depends on you. Everyone gets a gift. Can they shout out bat and turn into a bat? <laughs> no, that's the thing from what we do in the shadows. By the way, excellent series and movie. Go watch it. Love and like, show. flowers die around vampires, but not her. Flowers die. Flowers die. Plants. Plants just die. Trees. No trees. How far trees, do we go? Trees seem Grass? to be immune, <laughs> but cut flowers in a vase in the house die. Flowers that are still growing outside? I don't know. I need to know the rules. (laughs) That's a really good point. And then, could they just not walk past like parks (laughs) without still all going black and he's like, everything's fine. Don't worry about me. They go to a nursery and all of the plants are just. (laughs) But she can, like, the plants don't die around her and then she can make them come back to life. I mean, this sounds fun. Yeah, and there's a king of vampires. There's a king. There's a king of vampires. He has an equally ridiculous name that I don't remember right now. And he is the one who turned Absalom. And he's a terrible, bad, bad man. Of course. Uh, course. And he wants Lenore for reasons. I don't know. It's a fucking awful book. Like, but it's so good. Did you have so so much good? It came back around to entertaining. I mean, you're beaming. It looks like you're fun. Yeah, you know what? It was just, you know, when you get one of those things that you're just, it's just funny. Mm. It's just funny. And they find her parents again eventually, and her parents are like, well, we're not happy that you're with Absalom, but also, like, we can't deal with this, so fair. (laughs) Um. And at one Happy point, <laughs> at one point, she gets overcome by bloodlust and does bite someone. And Absalom acts like she's betrayed him. 
and has a little 300 year old man tantrum I really like and doesn't talk to her for two days I really bitch <laughs> you know in what we do in the shadows yeah. and you know they dress in like Victorian yeah. garb that's what I'm imagining in exactly. Absalom like where everybody's wearing like suits and stuff the whole time <sighs> no this just sounds hilarious and I love it and she's and not out loud out allowed out alone so then she's like i want to go clubbing because i'm 21 and he's like okay fine but i have to go with you and then he goes and they sit in some vip booth away from everyone and she's like of course well this is boring and he's like frivolous young thing and she's like well yeah i'm 21 he's like getting out his glasses and his newspaper and like obviously they kill off her best mate obviously (laughs) Well, she has to be reliant on him, otherwise, where's the romance? Mm-hmm. I'm well, assuming they're She kept the escaping game. to go hang out with her friend. So. You know, like a child. <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's like, I want to finish university. There's a big revelation at the end of this moment. He's like, you can be anything you want to be. Where do you want to go? Anywhere in the world, I'll take you. She's I'm like, a feminist. And he's like, and she's like, well, I'd like to finish university. And then. Please. <laughs> And then she was doing something to do with archaeology and, like, art. So she was like, and then you can take me around the world and I can learn about this. What else did you read? <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds fun. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't, don't want to disparage this author I don't, um, but I do not consume fun books like yeah. that so. well the thing is I feel like this book wasn't trying to be fun no. I think oh. it was taking itself very seriously My I think it's then. accidentally funny it's not ironically funny <laughs> I just really struggle like when I read um, that first in the Bargainer series I can't remember what it's called no. is it just called Bargainer I don't know and I tried to just enjoy it for what yeah. it was but the whole way through I'm like that age difference weird. I don't like this. I don't like that. And I'm like, I can't. Oh, all these sometimes things. Sometimes I can't turn off the feminism. <clears throat> all these things that I enjoyed in books when I was younger. Yeah. I can't enjoy them anymore. Yeah. There's a bit where she's like tied up in a dungeon for some reason before her transformation starts. Where he's just like being wicked and brooding and like. Broody, broody, brood. broody. Broody, and won't give her food and won't tell her anything. And then she's like, explain to me what's happened. And he's like, fool. Foolish child. You know nothing, do you? And she's like, no, I know no, nothing. That's why, why I'm asking me? a question. Tell me. Yeah. He's like, well, when the transformation starts. And she's like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah, what transformation? Dude, and why have you got a cape on? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> why are you sizzling in the light? Why are you hissing at me? <laughs> uh, this sounds like a parody. It genuinely, but I don't think they were trying to be a parody. Anyway, it's for free on in the included library if you have an audible subscription. <laughs> it's a ten-hour listen if you don't like speed it up. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna leave it there. We have so many books to talk about that we're gonna split this into two parts. So come and join us next week to hear the rest of our reading up date in the meantime come and follow us on instagram tiktok go to our website which is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com and tell us what else you want us to read or talk about and make sure you are subscribing rating 
leaving comments and downloading wherever you listen to the podcast it really really helps us know that you are there and you want more and then makes us very happy when we see you yes. <laughs> so we will see you next week for part two bye, bye.